Good morning, 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Only me and the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. I'm your host, Reverend Mitchell L. Buchanan Johnson. And I'm your co-host, Adia Hayden. Adia Hayden, good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing super fantastic. How are you? Oh, listen, I'm super fantastic and grateful, although I concede I'm somewhat perturbed at the hypocrisy of the Republicans at the federal level. Uh, my perspective is informed by a federal appeals court blocking President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, halting any debt from being erased. And I, I'm just not sure I get it. It feels like every time we take a step forward, it's certainly like three steps back or anytime there's a new policy program or initiative that could be remotely progressive and actually help people. We have to go and get it blocked, watered down, step down, step back. And the irony is the same Republicans that are pushing against student loan debt forgiveness don't seem to have a problem with PPP forgiveness, don't seem to have a problem with any corporate forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, back in August, uh, when the student loan debt forgiveness program was starting to ramp up, uh, a lot of Republicans were voicing their opposition to it on Twitter. So the White House Twitter account had some things to clap back and say. (laughs) What kind of clap back are you referring to? Uh, The fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene had $183,054 in PPP loans forgiven. So hold on. Marjorie Taylor Greene Mm -hmm. stumping that this student loan forgiveness is some communist plan to derail the economy. She got what? $183,504 in her loans forgiven. And that that's not ill. We also have Representative Kevin Hartley, uh, or I'm sorry, Kevin Hearn, who had some things to say. He had over one million in PPP loans forgiven. We had Congressman Mike Kelly, nine hundred eighty three thousand seven hundred twenty three dollars in PPP loans forgiven. You know, I, I think about Marjorie Taylor Greene had the least amount, but she has the biggest voice. And what what troubles me is, and I'm I'm not sure now, I don't want to hearken one way to Republicans or Democrats, um, but in this particular space, the argument is why are not more young people excited about getting involved in this great experiment called democracy? It really appears to be an experiment called hypocrisy. Yeah. And as, you know, a young person myself, I can say a lot of people are disillusioned and this just continues to add to that. Um, I don't think that's reason enough not to vote. But, uh, yeah, you you see programs getting walked back and you're like, OK, well, here we are thinking that Biden was going to come and be the lesser of two evils and help us out. And, you know, the government system still prevails at the end of the day. doesn't matter who our, you know, executive in charge is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it can stories like this um, can put a damper on an otherwise wonderful day. Um, but I think there is yet still good news. Our guest on today is attorney Larry Rogers Jr. Notwithstanding, he is an excellent attorney. 
He is also a commissioner for the Cook County Board of Review. I believe this is Attorney Rogers, Commissioner Rogers, first time on the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. Commissioner, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. For the benefit of our listening audience, would you be so kind as to tell us, are you a native of Chicago? I am born and raised in the Roseland community. Uh, I did live for a stint uh, in California where I went to high school and college, but I'm a Chicagoan through and through. Now, you mentioned Roseland. Roseland has a unique place in my heart. Um, When I left the law library and began doing my ministry, my first assignment was in Roseland um, to further the um, understanding and organizing churches in the Roseland area for the Red Line Extension. I suspect, yes, yes, yes. In fact, um, that yet remains, and I know that's not why you're on today's program, but I'm going to mention that anyway. What bothers me about Chicago and pretty much every mayor, and I'm hoping um, this changes, uh, the gentleman, the urban planner, I think there's a city named after him, Burnham, was the urban planner who did the plan for the city of Chicago. Post-fire? Yes. Mm -hmm. And he envisioned a rail system that went to the extent of every neighborhood in the city. But if you fly over Chicago today, Commissioner, you might conclude that Chicago ends at 95th Street because that's where the red line ends. That is amazing, isn't it, that they basically cut off the south side of Chicago from the rapid transit system uh, from its inception. Absolutely remarkable. And mayor after mayor after mayor. I I have to say this. I I had some respect for the last Republican governor, Bruce Rauner. I asked him if he planned to do anything for transit-oriented development in general and specifically extending that red line. And he said, Reverend, that will not be a priority in my administration. I didn't like the answer, but I had to respect the honesty. That's refreshing from a politician. Every politician. Yeah. You had me worried for a moment there. (laughs) (laughs) Every politician I, I can think of. And in the mayoral seat, um, in the gubernatorial seat, has given lip service to the extension, even when our good friend, then Senator, U.S. Senator Barack Obama, and then President Barack Obama put his weight behind that effort, put the money aside. Fast starts. The money was there. We somehow cannot get it done. I, I, I will not forget pastors in Roseland saying, Reverend. I don't mind if the purple line gets an extension, gets a upgrade on its line. I don't mind if the blue line gets an upgrade on their rails. He likened it to a car. I, I think he should drive a Cadillac. But can we and Rosen get a Yugo? Can we get a Pinto? Right, right. <laughs> can we get access, access to downtown through the system? It seems like a simple thing that everybody should be on board with and want to get done. But for some reason, it's fumble after fumble. It seems like desegregation is not profitable. So if we were to extend the uh, red line, we would increase diversity, we would increase access and, you know, perhaps spread out uh, a little bit of the segregation that is going on in Chicago. And 
add um, more integration with our neighborhoods. But that doesn't seem like that's what's uh, <laughs> desired here. No, no. We all know Chicago's history is one of the most segregated cities in the country. In fact, I think and it is. It that, that way. Um, unfortunately, I think these 77 communities continue to be um, the first segregated city. And I'm I'm not sure why that doesn't change. I'm, I'm I just I think we get the government that we deserve. And listen, both you and I have some great friends who are like yourself, elected officials, and you know those elected officials in the Roseland area, coming west and north. I, I don't care if if you're the state rep, you're the state senator. I, I, the alderman, um, the commissioner, and you know Stanley Moore is one of my great friends. I've got wonderful stories about Stanley Moore and um, helping out the law library with legislation back in the day when we needed to increase the law library fee. Um, in fact, it was Senator Trotter who asked me to talk with Stanley Moore, um, and we collaborated and got the legislation passed with the help of then you uh, State Senator Kwame Raoul. Great stories, great work getting done. But I got to say, man, there's some issue with the will. Issues with the will. And we, we've... we've Speaking got, of wills, <laughs> <laughs> we have something else to share. I do. Listen, want to remind our, view, our listening audience that uh, My Community Plan Foundation has partnered with Lloyd Insurance Agency. 60 years, Lloyd has been providing benefits for unions, credit unions, Teamsters, truck drivers, and now we think families deserve an opportunity to protect their income and make sure the legacies can exist and continue. 309-703-5292 for more information about accident life and health insurance. We've got more information. Music in the background tells me it's time to go to a commercial break. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. Starting a job search? In need of training to get new skills? Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515 or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill open positions in their south suburban location. No experience required. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. 
Welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. We are here with Commissioner Larry R. Rogers, Jr. Good morning, Commissioner. Can you tell us a little bit about your title, your role, the Board of Review? Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Um, so I am a lawyer by training. I've been, in fact, I met a uh, pastor in the law library at Cook County on the, I think, the 29th floor of the Daily Center. That's correct. Um, but I've been a law, yeah, I've been a lawyer representing individuals against governments, against municipalities, against um, trucking companies, against uh, physicians, against hospitals, anybody that has wronged them. We handle personal injury and wrongful death litigation. That's how I've been trained. Uh, when I decided to run for office in '04, um, I basically took on the, the role of fighting for individuals who felt that they had been over-assessed in their properties. And that's what I do as a commissioner. We hear appeals for people who believe that the, the Cook County Assessor has over-assessed their properties. Uh, you nothing found an appeal. Uh, if you file an appeal, we do the work for you. Uh, and if there's evidence to give you a reduction, we make sure you get that reduction in assessed value. So wait a minute. You said if an appeal is filed, you champion the, the cause of the individual filing the appeal. Yeah, I've always taken the position that um, you should not be over-assessed and hence over-taxed by the government. So if you file the appeal saying you've been over-assessed, we'll look at properties in your area to determine if they were uh, assessed similar to yours. If they were not, the law gives us the authority to reduce the assessed value so there's uniformity amongst uh, assessed values of like properties, and, and we do that. We also consider evidence that you submit, such as appraisals, sales, and other other information. How does that disconnect occur? So if houses, an individual house could possibly be over-assessed compared to their neighbor, how does that disconnect happen? That's a great question. Uh, it happens in the assessor's office. Uh, there's not a lot of transparency in how they reach their assessed values. Um, but but um, if, if you have inequality in assessed values, you should have an avenue through which to challenge that, and that's the board of review. You can go back to the assessor, uh, or you used to be able to go back to the assessor, but they, they uh, with the new administration, got rid of their re-review process. So now you come to the board of review where you can go to circuit court and file. So wait a minute. I, I got to back that up. You, you just said that the the current administration at the assessor's office has removed the re-review process. Is that what you just said? Uh, correct. They don't have a, a quote-unquote re-review process as they had for many years, um, uh, which is which is their decision. Um, but we, we do basically reviews of the assessor's work in terms of values. But we only have authority and jurisdiction to do that if someone files with our agency. So just filing online, it takes about five minutes, gives us a chance to take a look at how your property was assessed and uh, whether there's uniformity in assessment amongst, amongst like properties. You use the word re-review. So... I don't know if I'll find that one in Webster's, but the term seems to suggest that there was a review and then that review was being reviewed. Exactly. If someone 
there was a process at the assessor's office where if you felt your property had been improperly assessed, you could ask for a re-review, and, and they would do that. Ah. So when you get your um, taxes, your property taxes, that document, you'll, you'll look at it. I mean, and there, is, there are multiple lanes to this challenge of property valuation. So what I think I hear you saying is you get your property taxes, you look at it and say, wait a minute, my property's not worth that much or my taxes shouldn't be that much. So the first step is what? Call the assessor's office? Yeah, so it, it starts with an assessed value. So you get notification of the of the value that the assessor has put on your property. And generally, people know what their properties are worth from sales in the area, um, uh, the MLS listings, things of that nature. So if you see any inaccuracy in that, you have the uh, the opportunity to file a a re- review of that with the assessor's office. Um, and if you are unhappy with that review you can come to the board of review. And what's beautiful about our agency is we're independent of the assessor. We're independently elected officials. We don't have any vested interest in keeping the assessor's valuation. We have every vested interest in making sure your assessment is uniform with, with like properties in your area. So that's what we do. So those appeals, we look at the appraisal evidence, we look at the sales and and, uh, where they are over assessments. We have the authority to reduce the value and he has to accept those reductions. So I'm looking at the basic definition of how properties are valued, and it says they use mass appraisals to produce property values. What's the problem with the mass appraisal? Ooh, I feel like there's a hidden word going on that no one has uttered yet. <laughs> what is uh, the cause of some of that sticker shock when someone, a homeowner, may be used to paying one rate for their property taxes, and then all of a sudden that rate jumps? Yeah, well, well there are a lot of different components that go into your ultimate tax bill. One of them is the assessed value. One of the others is the tax rates of the different taxing districts, the park district, the county, the city that you live in. All those different entities have tax, uh, have, have, tech, have taxing districts that apply percentages to the value to reach uh, their budgetary needs. Uh, we deal with the assessed value component, uh, again, that deals with the value, and that's, that's kind of where things start, determining the value, and I like to describe that as sort of your piece of the pie. If funding government was an entire pie, your assessed value represents your percentage of that pie. So you want to get that as accurate as possible so that you're not paying more than your fair share. This this is interesting because it sounds like your your office is a, a champion of property owners. And do you distinguish between commercial and residential? We don't. Um, everyone who pays taxes should have the right to challenge their assessed valuations. And I will tell you that commercial properties, uh, most importantly, the significant ones like the Willis Tower or Merchandise Mart, they file appeals every year because their profits are based upon increasing revenue and decreasing expenses. And one of their biggest expenses is their property taxes. So as a part of their annual um determination of their revenue, they they challenge their value, they challenge their assessed values, try to get them lowered 
so that they're paying less of a percentage in expenses. And everyday homeowners should have the same access. So we we have a very robust uh, outreach program to allow uh, homeowners, individuals, and churches to be able to be aware of the process, and then we give them access to file appeals from their phones, uh, from their computers, or for those who who are a little more old school, they can fill out a, a form, and, and that gives us the jurisdiction to look at their values. You know, I I seem to recall um, one year your law firm received an award for excellence in. Um, personal injury litigation. During that same year, you, your law firm was all over, you know, legal bulletins, law bulletin, and, you know, every publication in the legal industry about how great it was. You seem to be at every community in Cook County almost every week doing um, community services, uh, churches, uh, educating anyone who wanted to listen about this review. I, I, I will not forget it because I, I would see the notices in my email or on Facebook, on multiple social media platforms, and you were somewhere talking about tax review. And yeah, that's a great memory, and that's something we, we still do. The pandemic slowed us down a bit in terms of doing them in person. But uh, we've been fortunate to be successful in, in both fronts. Our, our law firm, Power Rogers, has been ranked the top law firm in the personal injury for that space 12 out of the last 13 years based upon our results. That deserves a round of applause. Congratulations. It's a tough space, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but on top of that, my work as a commissioner, I spend a lot of time doing these community outreach events. And uh, it's very important that people have access and they understand the process. Uh, knowledge is power, as we know. So <laughs> as much as I can provide that knowledge, we provide it. During the pandemic, we did them remotely. So we used Zoom, which was very effective. We'd have, in some instances, hundreds of people on a Zoom call uh, learning the process and having access to filing appeals. So we continue those today, but we're getting back to the in-person ones uh, this fall. I want to go back to the folk who don't file, folk who should file, and then that third group, folk who were either unaware of your office and thus particularly churches find themselves between a rock and a hard place when when property owned by the church is taxed as if it were a for-profit entity, merely because, as you know, our people perish for lack of knowledge. So I want to talk about all three of those spaces, um, and I want to do that when we come back to the program. Now I want to take a quick break and remind our listening and viewing audience that my Community Plan Foundation has partnered with Lloyd Agencies, and I know I said accident, life, and health. But let me share this with you. How about you go to the emergency room? We give you $250 for the inconvenience. If you're admitted to the hospital, we give you $500 a day for one year 
up to $182,500 for the inconvenience of being hospitalized by virtue of an accident. And then, Adia, you'll be pleased to know, if you are in emergency, pardon me, ICU, intensive care unit, we give you $1,000 a day. There are products available to help mitigate the inconvenience of an accident. Call 309-703-5292 for more information on health life and accident insurance music in the background tells me it's time to take a break this is the my community Pan foundation hour and we'll be right back after this short station break starting a job search in need of training to get new skills Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515 or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. Are you looking for a new career? YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill several roles in their South Suburban location. No experience required. They're seeking to fill the following positions. Assembly operator, automation technician, molding operator, quality inspector, setup technician, forklift driver, cycle counter, material handler. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Starting a job search? In need of training to get new skills? Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515 or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. Welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. With us on the phone is Commissioner Larry Rogers Jr. from the Board of Review. That's Attorney Larry Rogers Jr., my good friend, Commissioner. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again for having me. You know, you made a comment earlier in today's program that... Uh, owners of properties like Willis Towers, primarily commercial property owners, file um, appeals to their taxes every year like clockwork. 
and you alluded to the fact that home property owners have the same right to do so. And so what do you think is the impediment? Is it the cost of filing? So you mentioned uh, two two of the questions you asked me was who does file and who should file. Yes. Uh, I'll answer the second one first. Uh, Everybody who owns property should file at least with the Board of Review every year. Again, and then you asked me who does file. And you mentioned commercial properties. They file every year because their objective is to increase their profits by raising revenue through sales or rentals and then lowering expenses. And and the way they lower expenses in part is by appealing their assessed values to lower their property taxes. And everyday homeowners should do the same thing. Um, One of the most significant assets we own in our community is our homes. Um, we want to make sure that those homes are worth as much as possible by reducing the expenses associated with those homes, one of which is property tax. So file an appeal every year with the Board of Review, have the assessed value reviewed, uh, and where it is excessive or overassessed, we can reduce the value, thereby lowering your property taxes. The board of, yeah, the board of review is, you know, great. And it seems like this is a great remedy uh, for individuals facing high tax bills. Um, but I'm curious to speak a little bit about, you know, the, the problem, right? The root of it. So if they're being assessed at incorrect high values, then the department that's doing the assessing, like, how is that happening? You know, how, why are they not making accurate assessments or closer to accurate assessments the first time? That's a great mass appraisal. Um, (laughs) Mass appraisal ain't working because we have to have reviews. Appraisal ain't working. Oh, my goodness. The county assessor's office uh, performs or determines the value, the assessed values of your properties. They do that through a system called mass appraisals. And the way I explain that is to ask individuals, when was the last time you saw someone come out to your house and knock on your door and ask how many bedrooms and bathrooms you have and what your square footage is? Um, And most people haven't seen that in decades. Mm -hmm. And that's because um, the mass appraisal system relies on historical data that does not always keep up with modifications. Um, they they reassess properties every year based upon that older data. Um, they will look at any permits and so forth that have been appe- that have been pulled for additions and modifications to properties. But absent that, they use the older data and um, apply a mass, usually increase in values in a given area. So the, the bungalows on 85th Street will not be examined individually, but they'll be mass appraised based upon, I'm sorry, mass assessed based upon uh, that historical data and some increase, typically increase that they apply to the area. So that's how you get some problems. And with mass appraisals, I'm sorry, mass assessments, you want to have the opportunity to do an individual challenge to that increase. And that's what you can do at the Board of Review. You know, I, I don't want to correct you, but on the on their website, they use the term mass appraisal. Which website is yes, that? I, the Cook County Assessor site. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying mass 
assessments because they don't truly appraise the properties. Hmm. But mass appraisals can be termed can be used synonymously. Is this one of those? Do, though, is do a mass assessment in hmm. an area. Wait a minute. This is one of those. I know what they said, but let me tell you what they do. I'm saying. Because <laughs> the mass appraisals ain't working. No. Well, right. I, I think not working. one of the things that strikes me is, generally speaking, your law firm has taken on the cause of someone um, impacted by the behavior of a third party. And it, it appears appears to me that your role as a commissioner on the Board of Review has a similar genesis. It is homeowners. Um, unfortunately, homeowners don't do it enough because on today you said everyone should, every homeowner, when you get your tax bill, the first thing you should do is at least discern whether it is accurate. You know your home, and I, I seem to recall we had a conversation, and you talked about even rental property. If the economy is in a downturn and you don't have tenants anymore, so that property is no longer producing the value, but you still have the bill. I think you made a comment to the extent that you should bring that tax bill up for review. Absolutely. And it, it even starts before the tax bill. You'll get notification from the assessor of the assessed value that he is putting on your property. Uh, it's Assessor Kagey. And if you think that value is inaccurate, you should absolutely file an appeal with the Board of Review every year that you get that valuation statement because uh, what we will do is look at the property, be it, be it residential, commercial, or rental properties, and determine whether like properties in the like areas were like assessed. And where they were not, we have the authority to reduce the value that will be used to generate your tax bill. Uh, so, yes, everybody should file every year. With the value, um, you know, that first sticker shock of value, and I know, Reverend Johnson, you say you should know, you know what the value of your house is. But what if you genuinely don't and you're going around thinking that that's the appropriate bill because, you know, the government said this is what my house is worth and I'm assuming I'm going to pay my taxes on time because if I don't pay taxes on time, there's a whole lot of other repercussions. So does the Board of Review keep... Um, some sort of table or a chart where individuals can go to see if they fall into the appropriate range for their value, um, if their assessment value is in the appropriate range of their home, how do we know if it's wrong? Because you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, you might think, oh, inflation's going up, so of course my bill would go up, but it shouldn't go up that much. Yeah, you can look up the assessed values that were placed on properties in your area. Uh, so using the bungalow example, if there's a bungalow across the street from you and one down the street, you can look up their assessed values to see if they're in line with yours. And if they're not, file the appeal. But we encourage people to file the appeal no matter what. Again, the, the Willis Towers of the world and the, the, the merchandise marks of the world, they file every year uh, challenging the assessed value. And it requires the government, uh, our office, to look at evidence of value. And where there is evidence that they have been overassessed, again, be it commercial property, residential property, rental property, whatever it is, we have the authority to reduce it. Gas stations, uh, any any commercial property. Uh, Reverend mentioned mentioned um, uh, the, the church community. 
uh, the church community should not have taxes on property used for religious purposes. And while we don't determine that exemption status, we do look at the uh, the uh, filings to help the pastors make sure that they have all their ducks in a row so that when they submit it to the Department of Revenue, they can get a recommendation from our office that the exemption be granted. Uh, so that's another component of the work that we do at the Board of Review, helping churches make sure their properties are exempt from taxes when they're used for religious purposes. And that, during the break, uh, Adia and the engineer were inquiring of the three lanes, and I think they were residential, commercial, and then religious was a third lane. Um, and in, in fact, that's one of the reasons I asked the commissioner to join us on the air, because within MCP, we have pastors uh, who have property that the church owns for religious purposes that is heavily taxed and couldn't get any relief. So ironically, we were directed to and, you know, I was rather embarrassed when someone said, well, you know, you could call Larry Rogers, Jr., and yeah, I had one of those moments, uh, Commissioner. Yes, I, I know. I <laughs> you know, it's all good. Sometimes we have to be reminded of our networks. So <laughs> when you have a large and expansive network, you just need to get roll, go through your mental Rolodex. You didn't think I knew that one. Your mental Rolodex of contacts and find <laughs> who could help at that time. Right. But, but again, as you mentioned, they should get it right the first time. Yes. So the, the tax exempt property should not be on the tax rolls. And we've been reading in the papers about all types of property that shouldn't be exempt that's been granted exemptions, such as the rental properties that the University of Illinois is leasing out over on Halsted Street. A lot of that property has not been on the tax rolls when it should have been on the tax rolls uh, due to an error at the assessor's office. Um, but our office, again, what we do is make recommendations and assist pastors and not-for-profits that are entitled to exemptions to get the exemptions by making a recommend, helping them get their ducks in a row in terms of the paperwork they need, and then uh, sending a recommendation to the Department of Revenue uh, as to whether they should or shouldn't receive tax exempt status. And we do we do that all over Cook County. You know, we are uh, broadcasting live on WP, WCPT. Um, where 8.20 a.m., where facts matter. And we're also broadcasting on, is it, I thought we were on SoundCloud. Are we also on iHeart? I posted the recording. So the recording is posted on SoundCloud. Okay. Um, but we are also recording on Facebook Live. And that recording is going to be played over and over and over again. I'm always amazed when I walk into any one of our member churches or our affiliate churches and I find someone listening to a re rewind of the program. And so when they listen to this program, there are a couple of things I need folk to hear. Number one, if you own a home every year, you should be challenging the assessment, the assessed value of that property. That's number one. And for all of our pastors out here, Every single solitary one of you who own where your church owns property that is utilized for the ministry that you have been appointed as you are anointed to fulfill, you should be filing an appeal on those taxes. 
Speaking of assistance, I want to remind you that my community plan foundation has partnered with Lloyd Insurance Agency. We talked about the fact that we have the insurance. We talked about helping you with um, replacing costs. income for medical costs. We even have a health care discount card. 85% off the cost of prescriptions, off the cost of medical supplies, diabetic supplies. Listen, there is no reason not to find out how we can help you. 309-703-5292. Get you information on accident, health, and life. Song in the background is music reminding me it's time to go to commercial. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. And we'll be right back after these messages. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. YWCA Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with a global manufacturing company seeking to fill open positions in their South Suburban location. No experience required. If interested, contact 773-902-8989. Email cvcf at ywcachicago.org. Starting a job search? In need of training to get new skills? Are you an employer looking for a great hire? The Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership can help. We're the umbrella organization for the largest publicly funded workforce development system in the nation, serving Chicago and Cook County. Our network consists of more than 90 community-based organizations that can offer you the assistance you need at no cost. Make the call. Dial 1-800-720-2515 or visit shycookworks.org. Find the connection you need. Welcome back. Welcome back to the My Community Foundation Hour. Listen, our guests, Commissioner of Border View, Attorney Larry Rogers, Jr. Attorney Commissioner Rogers, welcome back to the program. Commissioner, are you still there? It okay. appears we may have lost his call. We will hopefully get him back. Um, so we certainly could use contact information. Let me say this, Adir. Um, I want to say the, the largest benefit of having the commissioner on today's program is that one statement that everybody should, everyone should file with the Board of Review when you receive your tax assessment. Yeah, this is the system, and we need to work on 
getting participation in the system and to make the system work for us. So if it's already designed to keep to not work for us and with these mass assessments, mass appraisals where they're letting new buildings come in and jack up the price of your property value, you know, that same home that you've been in for 40 years is not suddenly worth four times the rate of what you were being taxed before, speak up and say something. And as you're saying, everyone who owns property just needs to go about this way because if we have these corrective measures, then go on and correct because the system is not going to do it for you. And we have this here, take advantage of it because that's that's how so many things in this country got built because people took advantage of federal programs and federal assistance that may or may not have been designed for black folks in the past. We were excluded. Ooh, it's a black yeah, no, we can go there. We were excluded from these government programs before. Here we are having the opportunity to participate in a corrective measure Go on and get you some correction and reassess. I think we have the commissioner back on the program. Commissioner, are you with us? I am with you. And I wanted to give you the website, cookcountyboardofreview.com, is where you can file these appeals online. Uh, it's easy. It takes less than five minutes. Cookcountyboardofreview.com. Is that B-O-A-R-D? B-O-A-R-D, yes, sir. So everything is spelled out. Dot com. I'm making a note of that so we can um, go ahead and put that on MCP media platforms. Listen, um, first of all, let me say thank you so very much for getting up bright and early in the morning. I know you have a wonderfully engaged schedule. So when you make time um, for uh, this program early on a Sunday morning, I certainly want to make sure I articulate my appreciation for your time and the information. This, this last segment is our, our action segment, and uh, you've given us the website, and you're, I think I heard you say that the process is easy. What if um, we, we do have folk who don't find that process to be so easy? What can they do? Uh, our office is located at 118 North Clark in the county building on the sixth floor. You can come there and fill out an appeal right there in person. If you contact our office at 603-312-603-5540, we will mail out a form to you. But by far the easiest way is to go online to cookcountyboardofreview.com and and fill out the appeal form online. We even allow you to set up an account where you can uh, receive reminders annually by email. And receive email wait, 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 wait. Did you just say that you can create an account and you will send an email reminder every year to file your review? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. It's a that, very simple process. We try to make it as user-friendly for everyday homeowners as possible. You know, And uh, we've seen a drastic increase in the number of everyday homeowners using the system, which which is what we're there for. Recently, uh, my Community Plan Foundation uh, partnered with Lloyd Life Insurance Agency, not so much because of the whole life insurance, but because the accident insurance comes at no extra cost. And I know so many pastors, uh, so many folk transition without life or health insurance. 
And it just didn't make sense. And so I, I made it one of our missions and all of our onboarding documents. There's a little box that says, if you want to talk to someone about life, health and accident insurance, I'm at a very low cost. But see, I mean, at one point, commissioner, you get half a million dollars without paying a dime for it. And so it just seems to, it seems to me, as Adia pointed out earlier in the program, we got to do a better job of getting our community informed on now not just the insurance thing, but specifically, I'm saying that's one area where we need understanding that can help us with legacy and maintaining our um, commercial interests, economic interests in our homes. And what you're telling me now, a reminder. You should fill it out. You should go online, call 312-603-5540. Stop by 118 North Clark on the sixth floor for the Cook County Board of Review. It seems so easy. And every time I talk to you, you say the exact same thing. Almost dismissively, look, Rev, have them call me. It ain't that difficult. <laughs> yeah. And along those lines, we know that the homeowner, so the person who owns this property, is the only person who can file, correct? So, if, you know, grandma is the homeowner of a building. I can't go down on behalf of grandma. I got to bring her with me or what's, you know, the recourse there. You have to be the owner of record of mm-hmm. the property in order to file. But if you have uh, power of attorney... Isn't that interesting? Uh, Rogers Power. If you have power. <laughs> power Rogers. <laughs> yeah, if you have power of attorney and the authority to, to file on behalf of someone, uh, you can utilize that as well. Um, with full disclosure, we have pastors in MCP that are in the midst of this problem. And just this past week, um, I called Commissioner Rogers and I, I, I know he was otherwise engaged, so thank you for taking my call, by the way. But what you said um, struck my pastors um, at, at the core of their concern. You said, Give them my cell phone number. I'm not giving your cell phone number out over the air. But you said, Reverend, give him my cell phone number. Have him give me a call. We'll take care of him. That's, yeah, exactly, that's exactly what happened. Um, and also with yeah, church. As accessible as possible. Thank you for that. Um, with church entities, I'm not familiar. So is the pastor typically the name as the owner or is it an LLC? In which case, according to your website, an attorney would need to do that filing. Yes, they're typically owned by a corporate entity, a not-for-profit corporate entity. Not LLC. Uh, and they do need to have a lawyer. <laughs> but the pastors, as you know, they get their hands dirty doing everything, either them or someone on their staff. So. Uh, we assist the pastors usually directly in, in knowing what forms and information to gather to document. Let me give you an example. You know, a, a pastor buys a lot next door or across the street from their church that they want to use as a parking lot. Uh, when the, As soon as that property begins to be used for parking, for instance, where people are parking on the grass or gravel, that becomes a tax-exempt use. And so, you know, that information alone is valuable to pastors to know how to use the properties that they, they acquire until they can ultimately build an asphalt and, and develop the property. Just using it as a parking lot is sufficient to entitle them to tax income status on that property. And so pastors understand the process and walk them through the ways to document the uses of property so that they can get the, the deserved tax income status. And what I like about this process is 
it's it's seamless, number one. But number two, um, the Board of Review Commissioners now, you know, their approach to assistance is not uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. It is come who may, and in fact, everyone should come. And I, I put that out there exactly the way I did. And I, I appreciate you making that clarion call to pastors. I don't care if it's an unpaid piece of property. You have as soon as it is being used for your ministerial purposes, it should come right off the tax roll. That's right. That's absolutely right. We want to help, and we want to help them understand how to document those uses. So yep. I had to be quiet for that because I, I need that pregnant pause. That the commissioner's office will help you document the usage of that property. This program has been edifying. I am so pleased and grateful that early on a Sunday morning, Good County Commissioner Board of Review. Attorney Larry R. Rogers Jr. got up early to make sure you had information you can use. For that, sir, we are eternally grateful. Thank you so very much for joining us on the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. Thanks for having me, Rev, and thanks for helping us get the word out. We will not stop until your appeal uh, is not only successful but makes sense. How about that idea? Yeah, sounds good. I didn't know if you were gonna look, if you were looking for the rhyme there. No, not the rhyme. There's no rhyme this time. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Speaking of rhyming, this timing. Hey, listen. Um, accident, health, and life insurance. Every family deserves an opportunity to be protected. Um, and to be assisted in, tr- in trying times. For that purpose, my Community Plan Foundation has partnered with the Lloyd Agency for Life, Accident, and Health Insurance. You owe yourself the phone call to 309-703-5292. I almost guarantee something will be said that you'll say, oh, I didn't know, and you'll find the help you need. This has been the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. With your co-host, Adia Hayden. And I'm your host, Randy Mitchell Ali. Kenneth Johnson, wishing you a super fantastic and grateful week. Turn that music down just a little bit because everyone should go to the Universal Circus. Washington Park, 6.30, 7 o'clock. We'll see you on the big top.